It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Good evening, and welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, June the 10th, and we are back live here in Austin, Texas. We had a week off last Sunday um, celebrating my birthday um, it was very nice, and it's great to be back on the air. And Art Mendoza, the accomplice entertainer, producer of this program, is here with us to make this show run. And we have another great program in store for you. Um, a little while after we take a break, uh, we'll be joined from South Padre Island by Pete Torgensen. I know I'm saying her name wrong, <laughs> but she'll correct me. It's a Norwegian name, and Teed um, is going to be calling us to talk about her journey of transitioning gender into the world of being a woman. And I think this is a very important discussion as Teed will help us all to overcome any misconceptions that we might have about transitioning and will help us to gain a better understanding of this sort of very brave journey. And later in the program, Art Mendoza, producer program, will talk to us about the benefit that he played for last week, Red Arena Roundup, um, the equine therapy for children with disabilities. And along the way, I will discuss a couple of things. Um, First of all, I will talk about the long-term, lifelong damage of forcibly separating children from their parents. Um, which is what is happening along the border. And I was interviewed on TV news for that as a psychologist about um, my professional opinion about the mental health issues. So I'm going to talk about that. And then we'll have a little, we'll end on a positive note, and I will give a little sneak peek into my book, which is coming out this summer on ebook and and in print in the fall. So I will I will read a little bit from it and talk a little bit about it. So that will be fun. So we have a packed show. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855 then two zero. That's eight five five three four five forty seven twenty. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air. And my email address is Dr. Mara. That's D R M A R A at drmaracarpel dot com. That's D R M A R A K A R P E L. And now, if you do have a question, be sure to get it to me or call while the guest is still on the air so that she can answer your questions. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website. Um, the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with all of the website links that 
anyone talks about on the program and any other important contact information or anything like that. And that will be posted later tonight on my website, drmaricartel.com. But you can also hear the podcast as soon as five minutes after the program ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years. And for information from previous programs, to read about the previous programs or even listen to them, uh, read my blogs in Huffington Post or Thrive Global, find out about my book, watch videos of guests who have been live in the studio, um, download my free meditation, um, the just download the free meditation link. Um, all of that. You can do all of that at my website, drmaricartel.com. And you can also hear all of the previous programs that have been, uh, that we have done here with Blog Talk Radio and read about upcoming programs by going to blog, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, both my radio show page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. That one has um, any information about upcoming programs and my blog. Um, any news is posted over there. But also, if you go to The Passionate Life by Dr. Mara Carpell on Facebook, as we get closer to the publication of the book, there will be more news there about the book. That is my book Facebook page. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist practicing here in Austin, Texas and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers and for the past few years have also been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. And for information about this great resource for veterans and for their families, you can go to their website, heroesnightout.org. Do you have a question that you want to ask me or a comment or some information that you feel that I should know about? feel free to contact me. My email address is drmara, D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com, or you can go through my website, drmarakarpel.com, or you can call me at 512-626-6973. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Site Productions, and it's sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909. Or you can send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. 
Storyhouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have Storyhouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. Storyhouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, so we're going to take a brief break. We're going to play a few of our commercials from our sponsors. Um, Don't go anywhere, though, because we will be back very shortly. And joining us on the phone from South Padre Island will be Teeb. And I'm not going to say her last name. She will say it for us. I don't want to mess up her name. And she'll be talking about the her journey of transitioning gender into the world of being a woman. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years. Specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia, Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the facts. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And now joining us on the phone from South Padre Island, we have Teeb. And I'm not going to say your last name, Teeb. <laughs> um, so I can do that. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the program, and and please say your last name. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm Norwegian, and so actually my name is Turin Turbjørnsen, and most people just call me Teebs because it's too difficult to mess with. So. Right. <laughs> so so Teebs. Um, before we launch into our discussion, uh, you know, about the topic that you came on to talk about, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? You said you're from Norway and and now you're on South Padre Island. So why don't we talk a little bit about that for a few minutes? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I was born in Bergen and moved to the United States when I was about two. I grew up in Virginia where I went to school at the University of Virginia, and then a master's degree at William & Mary, so two great schools. And my, my field was environmental and marine science. And then I worked on Capitol Hill uh, as a fellow and in around um, issues dealing with um, environmental and seafood policy and seafood sustainability, and I started a foundation called Ocean Trust, 
uh, that I managed for several years, and we, which led me to South Pottery Island. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, and so I got here because people wanted my help, and we started working with sea turtles uh, and the sea turtle Kemp's Ridley Sea Turtle Restoration Program, which we've supported for 20 years. Um, and it also got me involved in plants. And one of the things that we did was to restore a 10,000-acre estuary, which led to several awards, not only for us and for myself personally, but for all of our partners. Um, and from that, we discovered really the need for a source of plants, and that's how I became involved with establishing the Native Plant Center on South Padre mm-hmm. Island. So it's been a bit of a journey just uh, guided by the need of others, uh, and I'm happy to be here. And I'm sitting in my office looking out over our garden that we're trying to get established, um, and I'm happy to be here with you. Very nice. Very nice. So, you know, so, Teebs, the the reason, right, that, that we thought we would have this discussion is because um, you wanted to talk about, and I was very interested in hearing about, transition that you have been going through this journey that you've been taking in the last few years. Maybe well, you can yes, talk a little bit about that. I'll be happy to. Actually, it was 25 years ago exactly um, that I really seriously started to question my life. Uh, when my father had passed away, and I realized one day I would too, and I wanted to make sure that I was living true to myself and to my being. Um, and that's when I really allowed my feminine side to come into myself. Um, and uh, as and I found opportunities to progress along that path as as they came up um, in, in my various communities. And I eventually um, actually became even more serious when my mother passed away uh, and began hormone treat regimens and other other things that were required, facial hair removal, genital hair removal, other things. It's quite a journey. It's quite it's quite elaborate what's required for you to get to a point where you're comfortable. Uh, so um, one thing led to another, and I you know since about 2009, uh, when I lived in Northern Virginia, in a in a very uh, yuppie neighborhood. Okay, rest in town center. Um, as a transgender, full time as a woman, and uh, I was also working on projects in New Orleans, and um, I lived there as a transgender as well, um, and just normal. I didn't really necessarily seek out the uh, bars that people might think transgenders go to, you know. And, and with all due respect to the to the people in the gay community. Um, I just went to regular places and was and found myself to be accepted. And then more recently, you know, when I was working in Texas, I was a little bit more afraid uh, to, to allow myself to be who I am, you know, because Texas does have a reputation of being a little conservative. You know, there was a bathroom bill attempt here. Thank God it didn't pass. But um, mm-hmm. I finally did come out in Texas as well. And I have been so happy with the reception uh, mm-hmm. by people 
and I'm a very public person, I should say. I, I know there was one trans person here before, but she was kind of quiet and stuck with the windsurfers. But I'm in front of the city council every month. I'm on a, I serve on a shoreline task force, and so there's no hiding uh, from me. Or, you know, there's no hiding. I, I need mm-hmm. to live and take be courageous enough to live in this way. And so I just finally decided to do that everywhere in every aspect of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. And, again, I'm so happy with the way people have reacted. And, and even maybe there are some people that just tolerate me, and that's good enough, too, truly. Um, so that's a very short version of how I got there. And, and there, there are other things along the way, but there, there are some things that, that I, I feel that it, there, there are a lot of misconceptions about trans people and misunderstandings. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're not flamboyant. We're, we're, we're not uh, divas. We're not uh, drag queens. We're, that's not those. They are, they're entertainers and they do it for their own reasons, but I'm just living my life as a trans woman. Uh, and, and I'm a very professional person, as many of us are. We, we contribute to our community. We're well-educated and we give back. Uh, and I think that's, and I always try to look my best. I try to be presentable because all eyes are on me. I mean, people do check me out, believe me. Um, mm-hmm. Everything I wear, as women check out other women, you know, right? The length of your skirt right. and everything else. So you have to be, I feel that you have to be so um, extra, take extra care to make yourself presentable because I want people to know that we're just, we, we see ourselves, and I do, as just another normal person living their lives, uh, okay? And today, uh, I mean, I, I live, I travel this way, and you know, most people greet me as miss and ma'am, and uh, they're either very polite or, I'm, you know, it's, I've, I've reached a point where um, I, I'm, I'm, I am who I am and people realize it. And a lot of that has to do with the way you look, but it also has to do with your attitude and how comfortable mm-hmm. you are. Right, you know? right. And And I think, you know, you made a good point that, you know, it's not all, you know, it's not a monolithic group, right? Everybody's different and living their own lives in different ways. Right, and you have, of course, the most visible ones that the public sees are, you know, um, oh, actresses or, or producers, you know, Lana um, Wachowski, for example, or, you know, the the, the new politician from... Um, from Virginia, who was very public, uh, Danica Rome, who is the mm-hmm. first, uh, first elected trans person to the state legislature in a state like Virginia. My God, that's progress. Yeah. So, along with all of the other people that I think have helped us as a group and helped the public understand that there's nothing to fear about us. We're just regular people um, working in whatever field we were working in. Uh, and and I was actually just up in New Hope, Pennsylvania, uh, preparing for a, uh, a procedure. And the lady says to me, says, well, you know what? The trans people are the most normal people here in our community. And uh-huh. I, I want people to understand that, that that's what we are. And sometimes people don't even, you know, realize who we are. But we, we have a history. 
and um, it's a scary process to go through uh, publicly and, and also with your family because you don't know how to explain it. Um, and, and, you know, and you have to find a way to do that because relationships are important. So Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned to me that you have children and grandchildren. I do. I don't and tell people my age. <laughs> Uh, because most people are surprised um, at my parents and my friends range from you know the early 20s to the 60s in in age Mm -hmm. Um, and I I take a lot I I do a lot to keep myself fit and uh, looking well and I do have two daughters um, and it's an adjustment for them I mean I don't feel that I'm any different than I was before, but obviously for them it's different, um, and I have to be um, patient and allow them to kind of catch up with where I've been because the journey has been a silent journey. It's it's not something you just share with your family or your children along the way because, as I said, you don't know what to say, you don't know how to explain it. It's and it, you can't stop it either. Uh, people might say, well, why don't you just be uh, as you were in your birth certificate? Well, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, but that was wrong. And there were some mistakes mm-hmm. along the way. And you, the body doesn't lie. And your being doesn't lie. Um, and so, you know, um, you have to be patient with people and forgiving and uh, be willing to work with others if you want to be, continue that relationship. And these relationships are very important to me. Right. So, yeah, so why don't we talk about that? I mean, there might be some people listening who are dealing with this issue themselves, that, you know, they are considering making this transition but have a lot of fears about it. And um, do you have any pieces of advice for someone who's been doing this for 25 years? Well, I would say that the initial fear I had, but first of all, I said, oh, my God, oh, am I going to be arrested? <laughs> no, you're not. Um, honestly, uh, I just was pulled for a speeding ticket. <laughs> but, you what know, was that? And I just got pulled for a speeding ticket in my hometown. And, uh, but the, the officer was so nice. But, but you're not going to be arrested, number one, and so it's okay to be in public. Uh, but for those people that do that, I, I always uh, say to make sure you're presenting yourself in the best manner that you can. Um, and take the steps that you can when you can, I would say. And there may be opportunities to do that in your life because it's been a long time for me. And I've been through all of the traditional uh, phases that are associated with trans people where you doubt yourself and you throw everything away and you say, oh, I'm not that person. I'm not a woman. I need to live in the other way. I need to try to live the way uh, I was initially raised. But in the end, it doesn't work. I mean, it's called purging. (laughs) So you're Mm -hmm. back at it within two weeks. And that has to do with clothing. That has to do with whatever hormones you're taking that do change your body. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I would say to people, it's, this is not something that people enter into lightly. Um, there, there, it's such a process. 
um, for our, our own good, um, and if you really want to do it correctly, there's so many hoops and um, things you have to go through just to take hormones. You need therapy, confirmation uh, from a practitioner um, that you're a good candidate, or even and certainly for surgery, you need like two, <laughs> and plus your mm-hmm. physician, family physician's uh, support. And then there are all the physical things, facial hair removal, uh, you know, hormone realignment, let's just say. Um, and there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's not, you just don't wake up and say, oh, I think I'll be a girl. No, <laughs> it's, it's right. such a huge, huge commitment and even, and legal requirements as well, before, ah. you know, for people to do, to do this. So we, I don't take it, nobody can take it lightly. Right. But if that's what you feel, if that's what people feel, then you need to do it because the alternative is disastrous. Um, you can't live with yourself. Um, and that's mm-hmm. one reason why trans people have such a high suicide attempt rate, up to 40%. Mm. Wow. And you live, you live as a trans person, as a woman, trans woman, and maybe you feel like you're forced to go back to your other gender for a meeting or something. And um, or people say, why don't you just live that way? It's, that's what's kind of suicidal because you get in a box because you can't live mm-hmm. that way. You have to be true to your own being. And so I would say people going through to it through it uh, should just be honest with themselves and, and try to share it with others and be patient uh, with those in your family and your loved ones and allow mm-hmm. time for them to respond and readjust and and uh, find a way to continue uh, relationships that are important in your life. I mean, it's not to say that I haven't lost friends. I have. Um, but there are many others out there that are, are waiting to help you. And there's a, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people like that. So. <clears throat> it certainly sounds like you have a lot of support, which I would think you really need to go through, you know, such a – uh, you know, a committed journey and also having to deal with, you know, losses of relationships along the way and fears. Um, right. And it yes. sounds like people really need to find good support. Well, I mean, I didn't go out and seek support, but there certainly are support groups, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe I was fortunate that my friends and neighbors supported me. Uh, because I went about it in a very honest manner and an open manner, and and um, uh, I might have been fearful of the response, but I just went with went with it. And I think if you're true and you're honest, and uh, you know, in the way that you go about your life, people will accept you um, and support you. I have so many friends. Uh, here in Texas and, and also in Virginia, where I used to live, Northern Virginia, um, and also in New Orleans. And uh, so don't be f- afraid of that, you know, because you you will find people who are going to uh, accept you as you are, as a person that you are, regardless of whether you're going toward um, a male or a female you know, gender and, and gender itself is such a spectrum. Even, 
even 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 on the female side and on the male side, we have such variety. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I and I think we've improved so much in the United States uh, to be accepting and understand that people are different. You know, there was an old Saturday night <laughs> clip where someone named Pat <laughs> they couldn't figure out. I remember Pat that. Was a girl. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> you know, uh, so we have a. It, it is a spectrum. It's not black and white. There and there are people in the field that. Believe, you know, believe there are up to five different uh, gender types. And, and even if you look at genetics alone, you have people that are XXY and XYY um, hmm. who truly are in the middle and they carry an extra gene, you know. And for many of us, I do think there is a biological basis uh, that drives us in one way or the other. Right, uh, and right. For, for me, I think it's, it was an inability to process androgens or, or, or testosterone. And so I actually went through breast development as a pu- during puberty. You know, mm-hmm. so there's variability. Nothing's black and white in nature. And so for people that listen or know people like that, just understand that it, it's, not, it's not a whim. It's not just a phase that someone's going through, but there's a basis for it, a physiological right. basis, I, I think, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope people are open to that and not just look at trans people and 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 um, kind of question why they're living that way. Um, right. We, we all have to be respectful of everybody. It's our life. This is our time. And the best thing that all of us can do is just be true to ourselves, whatever gender you may be. Well, I think you made a good point too about the science, and and we know that. Hormones and everybody varies in the amount of different hormones that they have, and hormones actually have an effect on your brain and the way that you think. So, you know, there is well, variability <laughs> in the way well, that you sure, see the I world. Mean, since my hormone um, profile has changed, I I don't know whether it's hormones or just me becoming out, but. I have to talk about everything with everybody, and I talk all the time, <laughs> you know. Um, and whereas I was kind of shy and quiet uh, before that, and I, I think it's better. I'm better for it, uh, and I mm-hmm. think it's better for everybody to uh, speak openly. I think men sometimes keep things in their cell in, inside too much, and not all of them, but you know. Um, I certainly don't anymore. I, I like to talk about things uh, quite a bit. <laughs> so hormones, maybe that's hormones. I don't know if that's what that is, but I'm happier. That's what I can say. I'm totally happy. Well, that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I used to be have a very silent sadness that I carried inside, within me, um, and uh, I'm so much happier and freer uh, and... and um, not many people saw the sadness prior, but um, I'm very, I'm, I'm so much more engaging, and um, I smile, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. And uh, people even tell me they like me better. <laughs> people that uh-huh. knew me before. So don't be fearful for those that, you know, because it is scary for people that go through it, and and it's confusing for people that have uh, friends and relatives that do go through too. But so give, there's a lot of 
patience that's needed on both sides. Yes, and I was going to ask you that for people, you know, who may have never met somebody or or didn't know that they met somebody (laughs) who was going through this sort of journey and, you know, and transitioning and um, are very, very confused and don't really know how to wrap their mind around it. Um, Are there some some things that you could say to maybe them or overcome some, you've already said a few things about misconceptions. Right. Are there other misconceptions that you think might help people to be able to be more open? Well, I mean, first, you know, for people that interact or come across trans people, and many times you don't even know they're trans people, you know, they, they see me, they don't know. I mean, I'm just a pair as a woman, um, and I'm fortunate because I've been, it's been a long journey for me, and so, um, and I'm very confident about who I am, uh, mm-hmm. but I wasn't always that way, right? When you're insecure, people can feel it, and they know it, but if you're, but my, one of my dear friends, she said, it's all about attitude, you know, when you walk in a room, right? And right. there's a lot to that, and the more you do this, the more comfortable you'll be with who you are. Um, but, you know, don't, and, and, and you have to find nice ways to try to um, explain or make a correction or so the people are um, approaching you in the correct manner. They're not calling you with the wrong gender reference, you know, um, sir versus ma'am or, and you have to be lighthearted. I think about it, not take it too too seriously, uh, because it, it's a journey for you, but it's a journey for everybody else around you mm-hmm. that you live with or that you interact with. So, it, as I said, it, it takes patience and perseverance, but um, it's it's very possible, and the end reward is, is is so much better than being stuck in a place, in a body, or in. You know, type that um, you know suffocates you that uh, restricts you that doesn't allow you mm-hmm. to live fully and um, that's that's more problematic truly and for our society that's why people are driven toward you know if they're in a corner you don't want people to be in that corner where they mm-hmm. sometimes feel the only response is suicide and it's it's a, it's a it's a bad place to be. Yeah. So for everybody, you know, we need to be open, a lot more open. And as I said, we've had some really highly public uh, figures that have helped everybody along the way. But I think for everybody, for even for myself and others, you know, I th- I think I, I just want to reassure people that we're just regular, we're just normal. People. There's nothing. Uh, different in that way about us um mm-hmm. i'm not even sexual my god i'm so asexual <laughs> you know maybe it's the hormones but you know uh-huh. um uh but i do love people and that's more important to me the love with inside me and the ability to express it openly without fear mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I, i'm not sure if that really hit on what you, where you wanted me to yeah. go with that question but you know, I'm sitting here smiling, talking to you, and I'm happy about it. Okay. And um, I I don't know what people go through, but there's so many 
challenges along the way. And I would just sure. say be, be be patient and understanding on on, a, on all sides. Yes, I agree. And I think you you hit on a really important point, which is one that I make on this program all the time, which is how important it is for us to each of us as individuals to live who we truly are and follow our calling. And sometimes that calling involves, you know, something, a really big physiological commitment, you know, actually having to go through surgery and hormone treatment. But whatever it is, you are not really happy until we really follow our calling. Right, or, or allow ourselves to come out to really who we are. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, it was a big question for me, who am I? You know, like many people, you know, like, what am I doing on this earth? But who am I? And especially when you have personal histories uh, where you're unsure about it. Mm-hmm. You're not a man. You're not a man's man. You, you know, you're a little fe- effeminate, okay, or whatever. Even in my case, I, you know, I, I was at stage two breast development before my dad treated me, which he did to stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you know, um, when I was able to change that on my own, when my life, when I took control of my life for myself, as a because when you get to an age where you're in charge of your body, you're in charge of your life, you're in charge of these decisions, and this is when you can do this, uh, and hopefully your family members will stay with you uh, right. along that process. But I think truth and integrity to yourself are so important. Uh, it, it makes for a much richer life uh, and it makes that for happier experiences and nothing's being suppressed in a way. Mm-hmm. You're still respectful mm-hmm. to everybody. We're, we're law-abiding to the extent, okay, I, I was speeding a little yesterday, but, but we're law-abiding for the most part. You know, but the officer was so nice to me. Um, anyway. Um, so, 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 Keith, let me ask you, um, you know, we're, we need to go... We need to go in just a moment, but I really um, think it would be important if you happen to know of any places online or places where people can contact if they are interested in learning more about this, if they're really confused well, or they just don't know. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, I, one, one group uh, comes to mind immediately is the Intersex Society of America. And that's really people that, are truly find themselves in the middle and maybe, maybe because they have Kleinfelder's or Jacob's syndrome, or maybe they have some other medically based thing that, that uh, places them in the middle, you know, intersex as an intersex person. And mm-hmm. you can learn a lot there. Right. Uh, and even though we may not think we are there, I, I do think there was a biological or physiological basis for um, my distinctions and, and maybe a bit of both, you know, that in my life experience. So that's one right. place. And then, um, you know, there are a lot of transgender support organizations and chapters in every state. And I, I don't know the names of them because I've never really reached out to them because I've been fortunate mm-hmm. that my friends have just been my support group. Um, right. And But I know they exist. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I've just I just have read about it and I read books. There are so many professionals, mm-hmm. you know, the gender on on gender, 
Uh, and as you read these things, then you just become a little bit more educated, if you, especially if you're going through it. Uh, the question of gender, you know, you, you'll find them, just type it in. Um, okay. And, and um, yeah, it's so, there's so many things, but, you know, it, it, it's within the broader context, you know, and I'm, I'm very spiritual in a way and try to be true and, and, and read all kinds of things like that. I've always been, whether it's Deep, Deepak Chopra or James mm-hmm. Whitfield or whoever it may be you know, about living truly and, and not being judgmental and being open and loving people. Uh, and all of those things combined really do help. Just a general attitude. Right. Uh, with a, some sort of a basis uh, of and knowledge about, about gender, you know, and mm-hmm. about the fact that we're not all, you know, the muscular he- men or the, or the, um, you know, the Heidi Klum's, right? We're all in mix. We're right. in a big field of us. It's all yes. spread around, and it's better yes. that we understand that. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to find a few of those links and uh, post them on my web post later tonight. So if anybody's interested, who you know, they can come to my website, and I'll look up some of the things that you said so I can find a link for them. So, I'm happy to send you some things as yeah. well in between now yeah, and that. Yeah, that would be great, and I can post that on my website. Um, you know, information right. is power. <laughs> so, it is, really, and, and and the main thing is I want people to understand, you know, that we're, that we're, we're just regular folks. Right. Okay? We're just trying to be who we are. That's all it is. So thank you so much, Teebs, for coming on the program this evening. And, you know, I think this is really an important topic and one that we need to continue to talk about. I know you um, weren't able to make it to the studio this, you know, for this show, but that we would love to have you come to the studio in the future and talk about it and we can videotape as well. I would love to do that. And as you know, I have some things coming up and so uh, yet another opportunity to share um, yes. about transitioning, for sure. That would be great. So let's be in touch, and we'll set that up. Great. Thank you so much for All having right. me. All right, and thank Thanks. you so much, and, and best of luck to you. Okay, great, and come visit us at South Beverly Island. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. All right, so we're going to take a few, and we have a lot more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the facts. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. 
There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-924. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And before I go on to talk about anything else, I just want to fill you in on some news. Um, next week, the 20th, I'm headed to L.A. to meet with the publisher of my book that I've signed with and with my writing coach, uh, editor, agent, uh, Kathy Sparrow, and we're going to have a three-day intensive meeting, strategizing to get out the word once the book comes out so everybody knows about it and um, and then what to do next with what's in the book. So it's very exciting. Uh, the book is called The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, and it will be out very, very soon. We're just getting the man, the final edited, polished manuscript um, to be put on Kindle, and it'll be available on Kindle this summer at a discounted price. I believe they told me it will be 99 cents through Amazon. So that's a great time to get your copy of it. And then if you like paper and print, it will be available as a book in October and also will be on Kindle. It will be the regular price on Kindle in, in October. So that's when we do the the uh, hard launch, they call it. The summer is the soft launch. The fall is the hard launch. And I will be going around to different places to sign books. So if you're listening and you um, – own a bookstore or know people with a bookstore and you think or you know of a bookstore that would love to have a book signing on such a topic, then let me know. Send me an email. Um, I, you know, I'd love to talk to you because I will be going around to various places in the country to sign the book and talk about it in the fall. So that's all very exciting. It's been super busy trying to get all of that done. And I will keep you updated on the news um, about that. And we have also some really great shows coming up um, very soon. So this program still goes on, and we are excited about some upcoming guests. Uh, All right. So now I want to talk about um, what happened this week. I was asked to give an interview for KVEO, which is the NBC affiliate in um, Brownsville and throughout the Rio Grande Valley of Texas along the border, um, about the um, psychological impact of separating the children of the immigrants that are coming across the border asking for asylum. They are being separated about 50 per day since the beginning of May have been separated from their parents, sometimes forcibly taken away from their parents. So I gave an interview that will air 
tomorrow um, unless something big happens in the news. And I know how news works. Sometimes things don't go on as planned because of something more important. But the plan is tomorrow at 5 and 10 p.m., if you're in the Valley, it'll be on KVEO um, television. And um, and they will be posting the link on their uh, website afterwards so you can catch it there and I will post that link so that people can watch it on the internet on my website once it airs. So I do want to talk about a little bit about that topic and why it's so important to me. Um, I have been in practice as a psychologist for over 26 and I work with adults. I don't work with children. But I see adults. Um, right now I'm, I'm working with veterans who have PTSD um, some of them are not combat-related. Um, and a lot of the clients that I've had in my practice and working in nursing homes have been people with PTSD in adulthood and even late life that was caused by trauma in childhood. So it's not as though when you cause a trauma in a child's life, it just goes away and they outgrow it. Um, it has long-term damaging psychological effects. And the research shows, uh, and um, family court judges um, know this very well, and they are very careful. Um, Child Protective Services is, is very careful about removing children from their parents. Um, unless those children are unless there's proof that those children are in imminent danger because of the very um, dangerous consequences of removing a young child forcibly from their parents. This is a known fact. It's, this is not a political issue. It is a children's health and mental health issue. And in fact, right now, we're in a children's health and mental health emergency because this is going on every day. And um, right there in Brownsville, um, children are being are being held in a place um, in Brownsville. And, you know, the people that run it might be very well-meaning and might be doing the best that they can do, but that it could be you know, a, a five-star hotel and the trauma is still going to be there. I doubt it's a five-star hotel, but I'm saying that it could be and there still will be trauma from having removed children from their parents. Um, the American Psychiatric Association came out on May 30th with a statement about this very issue, about the children along the border. Um, and their statement, let me find it for you. I'm going to read it to you. It's the APA. This is the American Psychiatric Association, which is not at all a political organization, and they tend to stay out of every political issue that they can. But this is, this is such a mental health crisis that they had to come out with this statement that they published from Washington, D.C., from the president, Alpha Stewart, Dr. Alpha Stewart. APA statement opposing separation of children from parents at the border. And she writes, as physician experts in mental health, the American Psychiatric Association opposes any policy that separates children from their parents at the United States border. Children depend on their parents for safety and support. 
Any forced separation is highly stressful for children and can cause lifelong trauma as well as increased risk of other mental illnesses such as depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. The evidence is clear that this level of trauma also results in serious medical and health consequences for these children and their caregivers. Many families crossing the United States border are fleeing war and violence in their home countries and are already coping with the effects of stress and trauma. These children deserve our protection and should remain with their families as they seek asylum. The APA, the American Psychiatric Association, recommends an immediate halt to the policy of separating children from their parents. Um, and just so you know who the American Psychiatric Association is, that they were founded in 1844. It's the oldest medical association in the country, and it's the largest psychiatric association in the world with more than 30. 7,800 physician members specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, prevention, and research of mental illness. And APA's vision is to ensure access to quality psychiatric diagnosis and treatment. And you can look at their website, which is www.psychiatry.org. And just so you know, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, and the APA, which is the other APA, the American Psychological Association, which I am a member of, um, they these two organizations were the ones that came up with di the diagnostic criteria for m mental illness. And so anytime you go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, um, they have to give you a diagnosis, especially if they are billing your insurance or um, I, I evaluate veterans for the VA, and they require that I give a diagnosis based on the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. It's now uh, in its fifth edition, DSM-5, and that was created. All of those diagnoses are created based on research um, by the, eight, the two APAs. So this, this is not an issue of um, politics. This is an issue of mental health, and this is the this is the mission of these two organizations um, is mental health. And um, court judges, um, if you go to family court um, to complain about a parent, they will not take children from that their home or separate children from either parent unless they have absolute proof that staying with that parent or those parents is more detrimental to the health of the child than removing them. So they have to have proof that there's imminent danger, even if it's not an ideal situation, because of the extreme detrimental consequences of removing children from their parents. Um, in another article about family court and separating parent and child, um, this psychological association wrote, separating a parent and child can have profoundly negative effects even when it is necessary. And it can interfere with um, their development. And the more traumatic the separation, the more likely there will be significant developmental consequences. Um, I just want to... I, I, 
took a look on the internet and I found some websites that are pretty old. They have nothing, these articles are from a few years ago. They have nothing to do with this particular situation on the border. They are very general and, in fact, written um, more for um, trying to keep children in the home when there's a problem in the home. Um, this legal organization, a group of lawyers, wrote, parental bonding is one of the most important elements in the development of a child. Children are dependent upon their parents for emotional and physical care from feeding to nurturing to nobility. Naturally, children, children come to expect this relationship to continue through life. But when they are removed from this atmosphere of reliability and comfort, things can fall apart. A child taken from its parents will likely experience several psychological consequences of the separation. And these can include depression, behavior disorders, separation anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, A psychologist who has a website uh, who writes about, um, again, children needing to stay with their parents unless it's absolutely necessary, right? Um, What happens emotionally with any youngster when the child is taken away from his or her parent or caregiver? all youngsters possess a strong intrinsic motivation, a strong wish to verbally express themselves. When undue separation is imposed on a toddler, in that child's eyes, this need for verbal expression is overpowered by feelings of loss and fear. Um, so sometimes children actually develop Um, difficulties in speaking. They become mute. We have seen that with children's selective mutism. It can cause stuttering. Um, And as I mentioned, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I have seen, you know, adults who are still picking up the pieces of, of their life after having been traumatized as children. You know, we worry about Oh, well, maybe they're dangerous or, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, In fact, we're creating dangerous people because, as as I stated just before, um, separating children from their parents is also linked with behavior problems. People, children becoming, growing up to be more violent and angry Um, having difficulty developing relationships, having difficulty um, becoming effective in their functioning in society, being able to hold a job, being able to interact with people in the workplace. All of these things are affected by taking children away from their parents. Um, So one of the issues that some people might have you know, they, they say, well, what if it's just for, you know, a, a couple of weeks until their parents are, you know, let out of their detention because they go to one detention center and the children go to another. Um, and this is how I can say it, put it as simply as possible. Imagine, try to remember, let me put it that way, try to remember when you were a child and if there was a time that you remember when you might have been in a grocery store and you lost sight of your parents in the store. 
and that feeling of absolute panic that takes over, even if it's just for a couple of seconds. And now imagine that panic going on all day, every day, for days at a time, maybe even weeks or a month. That level of panic ongoing um, will cause uh, a traumatic reaction, which can lead to post-traumatic stress disorder and all of these other issues I've mentioned. And then add to it, as that article said, the more traumatic the situation, the worse. Well, these kids are then being put into a place where they don't know who the people are who are taking care of them. Um, and it's overcrowded. They're not getting the attention that they might need. Um, young children do need attention. And there's so many kids there that maybe, you know, some of them are screaming and crying for their moms, that they miss their moms. This is a very, very traumatic situation. I can't strongly enough. So, you know, if you have any questions or comments for me, please send them. I, you know, I am not saying this as a political perspective. I'm, I am um, very, very upset as a mental health professional because I know the consequences. And I also know that we all as Americans, no matter what our political persuasion or even if we don't care about politics, everybody cares about children and protecting children. And even if we don't agree with what their parents are doing, we, don't, we never punish children for their parents. And at this moment, children, even if it's not an intentional punishment of children, children are being very um, horribly punished. And, and action that's doing it is something that is intentional, even if, the, even if it's not meant as a, quote, punishment for the children. So, you know, when I was asked on KVEO, what do I think the administration should do? Well, that's a very complicated topic. I'm not a politician. I'm not going to get into all of the intricacies of immigration or any of that. But the the, the one thing that they really should do um, is what I'm in agreement with the American Psychiatric Association and the whole consensus of the mental health community is that they need to stop separating children from their parents. Okay. So on that note, um, if you're if you're in South Texas and you watch KBEO, take a look to see that story. Um, I will post the link uh, this week when they send me the link after it runs. And um, okay, so before we go on to talk to Art about the uh, benefit that he did last week for the Red Arena, um, I said I would. You know, after talking about such a heavy topic, um, talk a little bit about something upbeat. We started with upbeat with Steve, uh, and now we're going to move into something more, something upbeat as well, and that is a little sneak peek of my book. Um, you get it here, exclusive. <laughs> I'm going to read a little bit of it and talk about it. So here's a little bit of a book reading. So if you were to come to a bookstore where I do a book reading and signing, this might be what you 
would hear. Um, many of us suddenly find ourselves in our 50s when we discover that a half century of our life has gone by and we haven't made time to pursue what it is that calls to us from our soul's desire or to live full, a fuller and healthier lifestyle. Or perhaps we haven't figured out yet what it is we truly desire. We've been too busy raising a family, taking care of elderly parents, partners, children, or working at the career that we first pursued when we were in our 20s. Yet it's not too late to follow our dreams. It's also not too late to create a healthy life for the next half century in order to feel vibrant, energetic, enthusiastic, and satisfied on physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. With this book, the Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age. I composed a guide to navigate through this time of our lives in order to transform it into the satisfying, happy, and healthy life that we so crave. I share my own personal stories of growth and learning along with my years of experience as a clinical psychologist. In addition I include information that I've learned from the many knowledgeable guests that I've interviewed on my radio program who are all experts in their fields of study within the realm of mind and body health throughout the lifespan. Everything in this book is something that I need to remind myself about daily. Some of these recommendations are ones that I am in the process of implementing more and more in my own life. Some I've been practicing for years. One of the guests on my show, Teresa Leftenant, who wrote the book Reinventing Her, Helping Women Plan, Pursue, and Capitalize Their Next. And I love, she uses the word reinventing. And I love this word that she uses for her inspiring guide for women to get on track with financial health at any age, reinvention. I feel that I've reinvented myself in one way or another and usually out of necessity, multiple times in my life. Now in my 50s, I'm choosing to reinvent myself from a place of passionate desire to live my purpose on purpose. Okay, so that's the beginning of the introduction. And so the book contains five sections. Um, The five sections are... Follow your dream, uh, emotional. What is it? Emotional well-being and self-care, love and relationships, um, food for the soul, and mind and body vitality. And so there are five sections, and in each of these sections, there are several small chapters, um, talking about all different aspects of each of those. Those issues and how to overcome the obstacles that so often get in our way. So, um, mind, body obstacles, emotional, spiritual obstacles. And so, with the help of the guests that have been on this show, many of the guests have come up with some really powerful ways of over of getting. Um, over these obstacles so that we can continue on our path. And with 
some of my experiences in my own life and in my professional experiences, I've put together a, a guide. So this book is really a guide about getting through all of these different obstacles and being able to stay on your path and or even figure out what your path is, begin to just enjoy every day for what it is, even if you don't have some big, grand dream. Getting up every day and making that day um, the, the best it can be, one in which you help other people and live out your um, true self, um, finding joy and inspiration throughout the day. Um, you know, all of you know. You don't have to have a big dream. Having a big dream is wonderful, but you don't have to have a big dream in order to live a life of joy and vitality. And so, hopefully, um, when the book comes out, you will you'll buy it and you know follow. Some, tell me what you think about it. Some of the things that I talk about for people who have been you know, doing some of their own exploration um, for a while, you might find that some of the tips that I give are ones that you already know. But it's always good to have a reminder, and hopefully I'm adding some more things that you um, don't know yet. (laughs) So on that note, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, Art is going to join us and talk about the um, benefit that he did that he performed at last weekend so don't go anywhere we'll be right back six street I need to get home to my bed damn this whiskey I think that it's going to my head hey do you miss me do you even know who I am? It's been a long night and now I'm trying to fight The feeling that I get when I think of you I need another drink to drown this blues Take me to the river Watch my pain, yeah, and won't you make me feel, won't you make me feel, yeah, make me feel whole again. Drink to drown this blues. 
Let's get out of here. All right. So before you cut me off, let me tell everybody what's happening next week. All right. So next week we have lecturer at the University of Texas, San Antonio, and educator for 20 years, director of 21st Century Literacy, Josh Beach, will join us once again to continue our discussion, How Do You Know? That's his book, uh, which is a look at today's citizens and the need to be able to understand and evaluate knowledge, peaceably, peaceably um, debate and productively use knowledge for both personal decisions and public policy um, rather than just, you know, reading everything on social media, really understanding and looking at the source of information and understanding it. Also, Michelle, uh, musician Rochelle Rabone um, will be calling in from Dallas talk about children's music so that'll be fun she she's been on before and she's a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to that and we'll have more so you know tune in and you'll find out what what's going on okay and that's next sunday at this time and if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show um, to learn about previous shows and upcoming shows read my blog find out about some books all of that go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, and also be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years, and also my book Facebook page, The Passionate Life by Dr. Mara Carpel. And you can hear this evening's program in, a, in as soon as five minutes from now, if you want to hear it again, by going directly to blog, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash Your Golden Years. And you don't have to listen to it five minutes from now. It'll be there forever. Um, this evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald Devere, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guest, Steve. And, of course, thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show.